Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Doing It At Home podcast. I'm Sarah, one of your co-hosts. My other co-host, Matthew, you'll hear his voice in a few minutes here. We just want to thank you so much for being here, for listening, for being a part of this space and this community. We're so, so grateful and really just humbled by this whole process and experience that almost five years later, 300 plus episodes in, we are doing this thing. We are doing it at home from our home because that's what we record and always have, but we're doing it and you're here with us. So however you got here, however long you've been here, we appreciate you and we honor you and your experience wherever you are. You could be preconception, you could be pregnant, you could be postpartum, you could be out of the space and intention zone of baby making and you just love birth stuff. Hashtag birth nerd, hashtag birth junkie. We love it. So welcome, welcome, welcome. We have a great episode for you today. A couple of announcements before we do that. There are a lot of exciting things coming up here. So we have our weekly newsletter, which is launching and starting up this week. So make sure you are signed up to receive those to your inbox. You can do that from our homepage, diahpodcast.com. Our Doing It at Home guide is coming out next month, and we will have a page available for you to pre-purchase that at special pricing and some cool other things going on. So just be, you know, be on the lookout, have your eyes and ears open and make sure that you're following us on all the ways that you can do that so that you'll get that first notification of when all of these things are 
are coming out and available for you. So you can follow us on Instagram, D-I-A-H podcast. You can look at our Facebook page, Doing It at Home. We have our private Facebook group, which just keeps growing with all the love and empowered birth conversation. That is the Doing It at Home birth group. And then if you have received anything beneficial from listening to this show, from being a part of this community. If you have received any value and it has been helpful to you or anyone that you know, and you would like to give back and you'd like to contribute, we will graciously receive those gifts and trust that we are great stewards of them and we take them and put them into places to basically put it back into the show so that we can continue to do awesome things for you in this space of, you know, the podcast, which is the Empowering Birth Stories, our community and our online private Facebook group, and in the newsletter growing with resources and just outlets for you to find more empowering information and education. That's where all of that goes when you contribute to the space in any way. So you can do that by purchasing Doing It At Home swag, a lot of fun stuff for you there. There's mugs, tanks, totes, all the T's, literally letter T as well as shirt T's. All of that is there for you. There's a link to it from our show notes of the episode, whatever you're listening on, but then it's also on all the other channels I've listed. There's a link to all those things from our homepage, from our Instagram account, from the Facebook group. And there's also just a donation option. So if you're not interested in the swag, but you would just like to give back in some way, you feel inspired to do that. Again, we graciously accept that, honor it, welcome it. There's a link to that in the show notes for you as well, just to have a one-off one-time donation, which we appreciate greatly. So hope everyone had an awesome Valentine's weekend, found some way to be in a space of love and connectedness with yourself first and foremost, but loved ones, friends, family, however you chose to be in that space. We had a really awesome weekend here. We just had some quality family time. We go running every weekend as a family with a group of people. And little Maya or big Maya, I can't say little Maya. She doesn't like it, first of all, (laughs) but then she really isn't all that little anymore. So big girl Maya gets out of the jogger that we have and she runs herself some miles. So she gets it in and runs miles for breakfast every Saturday morning and has been for a while. And just as we've continued going, she goes for longer and longer stretches. So we have that jogger and she hops in for little breaks now and again, but collectively she probably did about two and a half miles this week. So that was just so inspiring. I'm so in awe. And, you know, in the rain and the cold too. So it was a rainy, cold weekend in our area, in our neck of the woods. And still with a little poncho, I posted a picture of it actually on the doing it at home Instagram. So you should check it out if you want to want to see that. It's really sweet. So yes, that was just some some magical moments over here and just how, how we're doing over here. And then I did a sleepover with grandma. So mom and dad got some sleep and it was extraordinary. So I'm feeling nice and energized right now for you. Okay, moving into today's episode, we are chatting with Lily Cook. And the topic here that we really dive into and is very relevant to Lily's story is a very important one and one that I'm so glad we're we're bringing into this space. And it's around the idea of is one way to birth better than the other? You know, sometimes there are misconceptions and unhealthy conversations floating around in the birth community and in the birth world around natural versus medicated or hospital versus home and that one might be better than the other or there's some sense of superiority or higher moral code to choosing one over the other. And sometimes competition comes in as a factor. And 
it's it can just create a lot of chaos. And this is relevant to the conversation we have with Lily and sharing her birth story with us. So Lily and her husband, Josh, planned for a home birth with their first child, their son, Judah. And along the way towards planning for the birth, Lily noticed little things that indicated she wasn't really connecting deeply with her midwife. And there was also this big fear that she had, which we go into and talk about, about going to the hospital and seeking to avoid that at essentially all costs. And that steer, that, that fear, excuse me, stemmed from hearing terrible hospital stories and only these fairy tale home birth stories. And that's the only way that it goes if it happens at home, you know, the twinkle lights and, and the magical, all of that. So fast forward, we're going through the labor experience and Lily eventually made the decision to transfer to the hospital. And that actually was the best scenario for her where she received care, where she felt empowered, calm, and peaceful. And so Lily felt very encouraged to share her story, particularly with first time moms so that they have a perspective and can know that there is no superior way or place to birth despite what people might be saying. So a couple of the topics that we cover in this episode, we talk about the business of being born. We talk about Ina Mae Gaskin. We talk about your relationship with your midwife. We talk about choosing a care provider that is best for you. We also mention resources like the Miles Circuit. And of course, we talk about hospital transfer and epidural. And those are just a few of the things that we cover in this amazing conversation with Lily. Quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll dive right into Lily's story. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hi, Lily. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are y'all? We're awesome. Yes, we're fantastic. Yes. And we are happy that you are here hanging out with us. So thanks for carving out some time today to chat. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. And Lily, I love your name, by the way. It's one of my favorite girl names, Lily. Just throwing that out oh, there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was actually born on Easter, so. Oh, oh that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Well, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and your family? Okay. Um, so my name is Lily. Um, I am married to my husband, Josh. We've been married for about four years now. Um, we have a sweet little redhead named Judah. Um, he's one year, um, just turned a year on Christmas Eve and we are expecting, um, another baby boy in May actually. And, um, we are really busy. We have two dogs, a cat. We run a small farm with a hundred or so chickens. Um, I'm a nurse. My husband does landscaping and also works a, another day job um, at a beverage company. So we're always busy. Yeah. That, that sounds like an understatement. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. Wow. So we, we were looking at your, your Instagram, the farm Instagram, and I'm showing Sarah these pictures like, look how, look how big this place is mm -hmm. and look how many chickens and then to hear that that's just one of four things yeah that you guys have yeah. going on full-time that's that's wow oh, that's yeah, impressive it's juggling act, so. <laughs> wow and congratulations yeah, on being pregnant that's I awesome no idea. yeah thank you thank you guys wow okay so that's gonna weave in here at some point I'm too sure so i'll make a note where i'm sure yep. <laughs> <laughs> cool okay um 
so let, let's take a step back then in terms of when you became pregnant with Judah and you were planning for that birth experience. Did you know you wanted to have a home birth? Were you planning for that? Or how did that come up for you all? Um, so I didn't even know home birth existed. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. <laughs> um, I actually, um, so we became pregnant with Judah and I knew of a midwife group with one of the local hospitals here and they had a birth center. And so that's just automatically, that's just where I wanted to go. Um, I knew I wanted a more holistic approach. And um, so that was my option, but I was due in December and they closed the birth center in June. So yeah, I got, I was, I was pretty sad about that because in my mind, like, the next option was just to go into the hospital. And I didn't really, like, I knew they closed the birth center, but I didn't really, I know now, but I didn't know at the time that they still practice just like they did in the birth center. They had their own floor at the hospital with birth tubs and basically a similar setup, but I didn't know that at the time. So I was pretty sad. I was like, you know, this isn't what I wanted. You know, I didn't feel like I had another option. But then, um, as I started to, talking to some a family friend, actually, she um, had told me, "Well, have you considered home birth?" I was like, "Home birth? No." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. And um, she had had six of her kids at home. Um, well, two were in birth centers, um, and I had a friend I had waited tables with a while back. I had heard that she had had a home birth like a couple of years ago, but at the time I just thought, well, that's crazy. Like, mm. <laughs> cause I had never heard of that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started doing the research. Um, you know, we watched the business of being born. My husband and I did together and read Ina May's guide, did all the things. And we decided, yes, like this is for us. Like, let's do this. Um, and it was kind of sentimental, too, because um, we're still in our first home together. Um, mm. It's a fixer-upper, and that was just sweet to me to have our first baby in our first home. So mm. that's how we came about that. What gotcha. were those early conversations like with Josh around home birth? Well, at first, um, it was a bit of a surprise because I think he probably knew as little as I did about it. Um, but then after watching, you know, and doing... Um, researching it um we were like when we really just dove in um and we were like yes like you know like the more you research it the more it makes sense and you're like oh this is not that different yeah yeah um yeah and then so we and he was on board with me supported me um yeah and then we went on to say that that's what we're doing and then go tell our families (laughs) what was that like telling your families um so um, his family, I think his, well, our family friend that had told us about the home birth, um, his, that's actually his mom's friend. And so, um, I don't think they were too surprised, but my family, I think was a little bit surprised. <laughs> so, um, I had actually told them at dinner one night and, um, I, my sister had actually brought her boyfriend, um, which I didn't know <laughs> she was bringing him. So I was like, oh, whatever. We'll just all talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was, I just, I was like, so we're having a home birth. Like, I didn't really know how to ease into that. Yeah. And um, my dad, he's so funny. My dad's first reaction was, what? Like, not in like a bad way, but he just like blurts things out sometimes. And he was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
And then my sister's first reaction was, you mean you're not having an epidural? Which mm. I thought was kind of funny that that's like, you know, and you know, the normal like first reaction, you know, like kind yeah. of sad, but kind of funny at the same time. Like, um, like, oh no, that's not what you're doing. Um, and then my mom, she just, I already, I always know how she feels cause I can see it on her face. Mm. So it took a little bit of, um, of, of getting used to, I think that that was our choice. Um, yeah not not open arms at first but you know eventually they were like you know this is you guys this is what you want to do and actually I had later found out that my sister's boyfriend several of his family members had had home birth so that's funny yeah I was wondering he's probably like pass the peas please yeah he's like y'all have your conversation what's the big deal yeah that's funny so to him it wasn't it was nothing new nothing uh, not normal so that was kind of funny mm-hmm. and then what about with you being a nurse did that come into play at all in, in your own decision making or then in how it might have been perceived by friends or family that you know a nurse choosing home birth yes um and actually my mom is a pediatric nurse mm. um she's been one for 22 23 years now um but yeah so I actually um, I, I am a nurse and, but I'm, I lean more and I wanted to go into nursing actually, because I, I love wellness, the wellness side of things, mm-hmm. um, like preventative care, that kind of thing. Um, and it's kind of hard to find that sometimes in nursing, but that's naturally where I lean. That's why I became a nurse. And, um, and two, I have, I had worked in the hospital the year before, um, and I knew the business side, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't really always match with what might be best. Um, so I just knew, and you know, there's, there's money involved, there's timetables involved, all those things, um, policies. So, um, for me, like, um, originally using a midwife group, a more holistic approach was what fit me better. I felt like, and where I felt more comfortable. Sure. That's great. I, I love that. I mean, all the perspectives and experiences are so valuable. And then I really love in particular when someone is coming from a medical role or a role that is typically in a hospital. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, you lean more kind of on one side and you're really about preventative care and wellness, like how you can have different philosophies and different opinions, you know, even though you work in a hospital, um, and you, you can find it all, all across the board. So I, I particularly yeah. like that because you do have a perspective of both sides. You know, you have been in there and like you said, you see it from not only a, a care perspective, but business and transactionally and all of that. So I, I think it's great. That's why I love having this show and being able to, you know, have you on this platform to share your story. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and for me, I feel like I'm very, um, I guess middle grounded. Like I, f- I feel there's a need for all of it. Um, but mm-hmm. there's always a time and a place, you know, and yeah. you got to find that happy, happy medium there. So. Yeah. I think that's very well said. So I want to talk for a minute about your care and your, your care provider and how, how that flowed and, and how that was leading up until your birth. Would you share a little bit about that? Sure. So originally I was with a, the OB that I had just I had seen her for checkup so I was just with her from the beginning um because my plan was to use a midwife group that fell through and while I was doing research I was just with her um and I actually loved her um I loved her personality um care but 
you know, the appointments are super rushed, um, which is just, that's part of the hospital saying you have to see this many patients in this amount of time type thing. Mm -hmm. And, and then I remember going to, um, my, it was like the nurse educator appointment and, um, not really realizing what the appointment was at first and then being handed all these papers. Do you want, you know, X, Y, Z tests and, I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know anything about it before now, you know, <laughs> like I felt like I needed more time to like look at things. And anyway, so then we started interviewing midwives um, and we went with a midwife. Um, and I know you, I hear people say, you know, an immediate connection and I didn't really have that at first, um, but I'm not, I, I'm more of a person that I feel like I need to get to know you. Um, so I was like, okay, well, she's a midwife, like, she seems okay, like, we'll get to know her, you know, through our appointments, so we went with her, um, we had our care, and the appointments weren't rushed at all, you know, very different, um, than our OB appointments, um, we had plenty of time, um, although through our specific appointments, um, we had plenty of time, but I never felt like we had those really long appointments, and I thought, I was like, well, maybe I just, Maybe I just don't need the appointments because I, you know, already have some knowledge about um, this, you know, from my background or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so we'd come in for our appointments, have the heart rate checked on and that kind of thing. Um, but there wasn't really a lot of, um, like, getting to know you, I guess, or, like, education around pregnancy, um, which I didn't really think anything of at the time. Um but they weren't rushed and my husband was there and I think my mom actually came to an appointment at one point. Hmm. Okay. Gotcha. And so then as you moved closer to the birth, what were you kind of envisioning or, or had you thought about how you would like the experience to flow? Yeah. So it was, it was around Christmas. So I wanted to have like the birth pool. I wanted a water birth. I wanted to have the birth pool. Um, around the Christmas tree, our house is super small, like two bed, one bath, super small house. So I wanted to have it around the Christmas tree and just have this really like calm, serene, you know, environment was my thought behind that. And, um, yeah, so we, we were getting, uh, and, and in the beginning I had read like Enemy's guide, like I said, in the Bradley method, um, for some background on that, um, to kind of like prepare, um, for like what was to come. And so we had gotten to the end and I was getting, I was over 40 weeks and I knew 42 weeks was the like cutoff for, um, like when to go into the hospital or not. And I felt like I just had, um, just, I feel like I just had like more of a fear around going into the hospital like an un, un, an unnecessary fear, um, just from hearing, like, just from being on certain platforms and just really like diving in and only hearing, you know, twinkly lights, magical home birth versus, you know, yeah. scary hospital birth, mm, yeah. which, you know, for my first baby, I don't think was super helpful, um, at first. So I had, I really did have a fear, like the last couple of weeks of my pregnancy were super stressful. Um, just cause I felt like, you know, I was getting to the end and, you know, I didn't want to have to go in. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that because, Hey, it exists on all sides. So I feel like we in particular as a community, 
who advocates for knowing your options. And yes, we do love home birth. It's also to be mindful and careful of are you in favor of something and supporting of something or is your energy more focused around avoiding something against something negative around something? And there are absolutely pockets Mm -hmm. in the call it natural birth community or home birthing community where there is fear around the hospital. And I, I don't see it being any different than purporting fear around having a home birth. It's, I, I mean, yeah. I think it's the same. So instead of that fear, how can through education and the connections that we're having and the resources we have access to, of course, that that could be further down the list of your preferences. And yet you can be equipped with the power, the knowledge, you know, your own, your own sense of self-advocacy to create should it go in that direction. So I want, I don't want that, you know, in this community to be like, be afraid of the hospital. It's like, no hospital Mm -hmm. is absolutely a possibility. Let's make sure you're clear on all of your options and let's have you feeling great about the experience itself. So I'm, I'm really happy you bring that up because I'm sure there are listeners right now who that resonates with, who are planning for that home birth. And they're like, I'm so afraid of going to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, love y'all's podcast and I I had I had known about it before but I had really listened to it a lot after because it really did help me personally um especially hearing all the transfer stories Mm and the few hospital stories like you guys still advocate for home birth yet you're so inclusive with everyone and just really just empowering no matter what you decide to do so yeah that's what I that's what I loved about this podcast for sure. And that's what I found helpful for me after, which I wish I had known (laughs) before, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's, let's go back into the, we're 40 plus weeks. It's getting closer. You know, when did things start shifting and how were you feeling? Right. Um, so I, I had a great pregnancy the whole time. I was never sick at all. I was just really tired in the beginning. Um, and then, I was really hungry all the time <laughs> and then had like back pain um, when I, I wasn't really um, showing a lot, but those were the only things. So towards the end, I felt really good. Honestly, I was just ready for the baby to be here and just ready, you know, for the next phase, I guess. Um, so I was close to 41 weeks and I had went in for an appointment and she thought the baby's heart rate was low. And so wanted me to go and to be monitored. So I was just completely upset, you know, and we went in and um, I was being monitored for a couple hours and his heart rate was fine uh, the whole time, actually. But my blood pressure was high. Um, And then and so they came and told me his heart rate was fine. and My blood pressure started trending down. Um, But being there, they were worried about preeclampsia and they wanted to induce me then like right then and I was just kind of like in shock because (laughs) I had just came in to check my baby's heart rate and that was it you know and going home um so that was a bit of a shock um and so I talked about it with my husband um and I didn't really I I felt like because my blood pressure was trending down I mean it was high because I thought my baby's heart rate was low and then it started trending down after I didn't really feel like it was necessary um to induce um so I signed myself out and left 
Um, and we, we called the midwife, updated her. Um, and it is to note that in the end, um, so my, my due date was actually a week off. So mm. my due date was calculated, you know, by my OB, well, just one of the nurses, you know, for an appointment said, what was your last menstrual period? And I told her, um, but my cycle was 32 days at the time, consistent 32 days. So at the end, um, you know, I had told my midwife and she recalculated and it was a whole week off. So, you know, that just added to the stress a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, there. Um, so we updated her, um, and I wanted to, I wanted to, I was just so stressed about having to go in, but that honestly, that experience, um, even though like, you know, they wanted to induce me and I needed to sign myself out, that actually made me more comfortable because I had been there and advocated for myself, you know, without mm-hmm. having to do anything, if that makes sense. Yeah. Kind of like a trial run, you know, yeah. like I was yeah. there, you know, I had that experience and then I got to go home. I was comfortable advocating for myself, um, you know, and I, and I had just literally on the way there had read an article about stillbirth. And the statistics of that and all that. So I felt really comfortable, like at the time, like being like, no, this is how I feel. And this is what I think and signing myself out. So Mm. that actually made me a little bit more comfortable there. Um, So and then I had asked her about trying uh, castor oil, you know, to see if anything would happen. And she she didn't want me to because she it was around Christmas time and she wanted to be able to go to some of her family events, um, the next day or two, which, you know, I get, but at the same time I was like, you know, I'm so stressed out. I'm like in tears. Like I just need to know if this is going to work or not. Um, so she so, wanted, so she said no to the castor oil because taking it would speed things up and then it would mean. Yeah. That- like she might not be able to go to her, like she had some family events that night and the next day. So none of the um, so reasoning. She wanted me to wait. None of the reasoning yep. was like for your well-being or like, nope, nope. <laughs> okay, the qualifiers were okay. All right. So, you know, I'm sure listeners are like, okay, I'm seeing something emerge here. I'm seeing some red flags coming up or I'm seeing where this could be going. Um, so, okay, cool. Go on. <laughs> yeah. So, and like I, you know, being first time, like now oh, I would yeah. just take it and not tell anybody. But- right. <laughs> Like now I'm real comfortable, but I was just, you know, I was so nervous at the time. Like I didn't want anything to happen. So, um, so I was like, okay, fine. You know, so eventually, um, my contractions started, um, like a few days later on their own, they started a Thursday night. Um, and they were, they were a minute long though. I never had like this, like 20 seconds, 40 seconds, like that I had a minute long, like the whole time. Um, and then they got closer together overnight, less than three minutes apart. But in the morning they became more regular. Mm. Um, they would be three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, just irregular throughout the day. And so that happened. That was Thursday night when they started. Um, and then that happened, um, for several days. And then Mm. Saturday, we were finally like, like, is there, like, we were texting the midwife. We were like, is there anything we can do? Like, I don't, is this normal? Cause you know, I knew like first time long labor, like 
a day right. or two, but yeah, not not going on that long. So um, she had texted us the mile circuit, which we tried, but I don't think we were really doing it right. What was um, that you said? The what circuit? The mile circuit. The mi- Can you she explain what that is? She had us. Oh, um, it's like this list, it's, um, a list of like moves you do, Mm. um, not really like, not yoga moves, but, um, like Josh would have to, I would be like in a inversion type, um, stance or whatever. And these different things that would try to lift the baby up out of your pelvis so Mm. that then the baby could rotate and maybe get in a better position because we were thinking that baby's position was not great and that's why we were having this irregular irregularity the whole time got it got it okay yeah that makes sense so um she asked for one of the student midwives the one that was supposed to be at my birth as like the assistant she asked for her to come down and help us um and she did and i my appointments were on the off days of when she regularly took appointments. So I had never met any of the student midwives uh, okay. before. Um, so she sent the one that was supposed to be um, at the birth down and she was real nice. Um, and she helped us. And that did give me a little bit of relief um, to be able to rest a little bit more um, Saturday night. But the next morning, they just, it just started again. Um, and so on to Monday night or Monday afternoon, really, because Josh had taken off work Friday, you know, we because we were thinking, oh, this yeah, is happening. Baby's going to be <laughs> then here. Then it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Monday he went to work and he he gets off like really early, like one. So he went to work, came home and things were like picking up, get, getting closer together. Um, still a minute, super intense. Um, so we ended up, we were like, okay, this is actually happening this time. Um, so we ended up calling her, um, to come over and the student midwife and I'm not quite sure when everybody came over. I was so like, by this point, I'm like, what's time? Yeah. So, (laughs) um, eventually the midwife the student midwife my husband was there and then my best friend I also wanted there and so she had came when she got off work um and I was just moving in different positions I mean things were so intense at this point um and um when the midwife had come in like she didn't we so we had been like this for hours and she didn't really suggest, I guess, any, I guess I just, I expected her to suggest like different positions we could try, you know, to speed things along. Um, Cause she checked me at one point and I was a six. Um, I tried to get in the shower, check me at another point and I was still a six, um, but just really didn't, it, it, everything just really felt chaotic. Like I had a lot of people in my house, but yet nobody was helping me. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It does. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, we, and I, my poor husband, like, <laughs> I think we just expected, like, when she got there for some kind of, like, relief, like, for her to help me change positions or just something to speed things along. But sure. she 
she came in, just sat in the recliner and just kind of waited, um, to be honest. Um, and then the student midwife, still very nice, but I just wasn't comfortable with her because I just didn't know her. Um, you know, was trying to be encouraging. Um, and finally, I just felt like there was so many people just and nothing was happening. I just decided I was like, okay, I was like, I'm done. Like I was so tired, so in pain at this point, you know, my midwife wasn't really doing anything, (laughs) was sitting on my recliner. Um, and so, and I knew, and for me, I was like, this has been four days. Like, I don't know that I've ever heard of somebody being in labor for four days. So, um, and I just kind of felt like there was something just wasn't right. Like, Mm -hmm you know, like his positioning or something just wasn't working. Um, so, and I didn't know. And I was like, if I were to stay here, like who knows if I would be able to get him out at this point or not. Um, so I just, I was like, I was like, we're going in. I just decided, I was like, I want to go in. Um, and so I had actually made, I had no, I didn't make a hospital bag because I, you know, before I was like, no, I'm not going in the hospital. But then after having to go in and be monitored, I, I, I made a list, but I didn't actually get around to making the bag. So my husband was running around trying to put together this bag from this list I had made. And I'm over here in pain, just like, get the bag, like, (laughs) come on. (laughs) And poor thing it has things like my diffuser on it a Mm. pillow like things I don't need in this moment yeah (laughs) but you know things I had you know had thought of and so (laughs) my best friend she takes the phone from him that has a list on it and she was like okay she doesn't need this 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 yeah these things (laughs) and it wasn't funny at the time because I was so ready to go but after is kind of funny like (laughs) poor thing um and so we finally, um, they got my stuff together and then we, he went to go start his truck and he, at the time had a Ram F-250 truck, um, which the truck is like, you have to step up into it, oh, but the gosh. Rams are even higher than oh. the normal truck. And I was just like, so mad. I was mm-hmm. like, I cannot, I can't even move. I cannot step up in this truck. <laughs> I was just like, get my Jeep. And so we got in the car. Um, my best friend was in the back. Um, we were driving to the hospital and um, that was the worst ever, like mm. being in the car. And I was sitting straight up because the car seat was behind my seat. And um, I was <laughs> I was yelling I was like move the car seat and it wouldn't move and then we go to turn on the interstate and traffic is at a standstill and I'm just like oh my I mean it was a chaotic experience um (laughs) it was very it was not funny at the time but after looking back it's funny um but ironically we got on the interstate and it cleared quickly um and so we got there and my friend, my friend actually works in the ER, um, at this hospital. So she had called ahead. They had a wheelchair waiting for me. She just rolled me straight to a room, mm. up the staff elevators. Um, and I got an epidural shortly. I, well, when I had got there, 
I couldn't, I couldn't like talk. My friend had asked me like basic, like, what are your allergies? You know, birthday, that kind of stuff. Cause she knew they would need that. Um, but I could not talk when I got there. I was hurting so bad and I threw up everywhere. Mm. Bless. And I got epidural very quickly. Um, and my blood pressure was really high when we got there. Um, so they started me on max sulfate. Um, and then after the epidural picked in, it was so calm. It, it was like, I think my body just needed to relax. Um, yeah. and <laughs> one of the nurses came in and she was like, Oh, well, you're in a different mood. And I was mm. like, yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. Mm. Um, and one thing I will say, though, is that everyone there was super um, nice. They all respected our decisions. And we just had, you know, the residents on call because we were, you know, we're just random people coming into the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we weren't with anybody. So, but they were all nice. They were all respectful. Um, they were all really great. Um, and so it was calm and peaceful. And that was Monday night, some sometime and um i delivered him at 519 tuesday morning which was christmas eve mm. um and i only pushed for about 20 minutes and he was there but that was my favorite time probably because it was calm it was the night um my friend and i just stayed up chatting just we were, i was just excited about you know him coming mm-hmm. but it was really nice, um, for sure. And it was, it was a good, really good experience. Um, and I think the big thing for that is like, I felt empowered cause I knew the decisions, you know, that even though the plan changed, I knew like I made the decision, I knew what decisions I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew for me, that's that change of plan is what was best for us. So I've, Love it. I think that's awesome. I mean, everything you described about how it changed, you know, energetically, physically, and how it was able to create this sense of calm and peace. I mean, that's amazing. That's what you needed, right? I mean, you said kind of what your body was needing and, and, and the environment or the people, you know, it, it moved that way, you know, intuitively. And I think that's awesome that you got what you needed. And do you feel like it helped with whatever you kind of might've been dealing with as far as how it was going prior, or are you still kind of working on some of that? Um, like I feel like, so like postpartum, like his birth was like, it was everything I wanted just in a different place. Mm. It was calm. It was peaceful. You know, it was respected, Mm -hmm. but his labor, that part, like feeling just unsupported, you know, you know, at home, nothing to do with home, but just the provider that I had, that was hard for me after I struggled with that for, I struggled with that for a while. Um, but things like, you know, listening to this podcast and just, um, like I had a friend who I was talking to and one thing she said to me was sometimes there's a roadblock and is there for is there for good and is there you don't know it at the time but it's probably preventing you from going down and something worse happening or something you know not as good as you know the roadblock you've been given um if that makes sense so yeah I thought about that and I was like yeah you know 
if I had stayed at home, my blood pressure was high when I got to the hospital, you know, that probably wouldn't have been good. Or, you know, it might not have been as peaceful as a birth as I wanted. And so I just really wanted, that is one thing is I wanted to stress is, um, like everything it's, it's working for the good. And it's not, it's not necessarily about how or where you give birth It's is about how you felt, mm-hmm. how you felt giving birth and that you felt empowered. And even when your plans change, I feel like so many times we look at that as a failure, but deviating from the plan doesn't mean that all it means is that you feel empowered to make the choices to do that so that, um, you have the best experience no matter what, no matter where, no matter how. Yeah. So I think that's such great advice. It really so is. Now I'm curious when you decided to, to go to the hospital, it doesn't sound like the midwives and, and all that team came with you. Did they, did they come? No, they did not. Um, she, they eventually texted my husband um, and she asked if we wanted the student midwife to come which, you know, again, like I had just met this girl a few days earlier and at that point I just, I didn't want anybody there. So I was just like, no, like I have everything I need here. And then two, um, postpartum, um, we had a really great postpartum experience, um, in the hospital. We just felt like we had a lot of help, um, at the time. And then also like my family brought us so much food because it was Christmas and Christmas Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, um, I didn't hear from her for about three weeks after. So at that time, I just, I just found a, another provider to do like my postpartum appointments with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, um, after that, yeah, it, it did take, I struggled with that for a while. Just, just, just feeling kind of like unsupported. Sure. Yeah. I'm curious, Lily, could you just offer something right now to the mom preparing and maybe she's going through some of that feeling unsupported in preparation for like maybe there's that grappling of, you know, oh, we're this far in and, you know, I'm due next week or whatever this is, but I'm just not feeling that connection. I'm not feeling supported by my provider. You know, it could be a midwife or an OB, but could mm-hmm. you just offer anything for someone who might kind of be in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say for sure, like, it's never too late to change. I mean, listen to your gut. If you don't feel like, you know, you connect well. And I feel like that's a big thing. Like I, I kind of thought, you know, we'll connect over time or, you know, she's midwife. Like, of course she, you know, um, would be good at natural birth and that kind of thing. But it, I think it's really important no matter where you give birth, your care provider is going to, you know, determine how that goes and how your care goes. And so I think it's really important to, have somebody you're comfortable with and cause any place can be a good place as yeah. long as you have that support system, yes. no matter where you are. Um, and there's, there's pros and cons for everything good and bad and everything. And there's not one best option. It's different for every person and for every birth, you know, between people. So, cause they're also different, but, um, yeah, like listen to your gut and it's never too late to, you know, find a different provider, see what else is out there. Or even just hiring a doula if you don't already have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. All of that is yeah, awesome. Yeah, great advice. My final question is, how are you feeling right now? Or I guess it's a question, there's two parts to it. How are you feeling in preparation for your next birth? And what are those plans if you've kind of put those in place? 
Okay, yeah. So um, I'm good. I'm thankful that I have another good pregnancy and I'm not sick. I don't know how mm. people do that, but I'm not, I haven't been sick at all again. And we actually, um, we went with the midwife group um, that was with the hospital um, and I wanted a water birth. Things are different now because there's COVID, um, which, you know, was not exactly what we were planning for. So we have our prenatal care with them, but we're kind of keeping our options open. Um, I'm still interviewing. I love, I love the idea of home and I would so love to be home again. Well, but we, so we're interviewing, we're, we're still interviewing midwives, but seeing our midwives with the hospital group and we love them. We really Mm do. Um, but there's just a lot of, you know, things juggling around with COVID and, the hospital, but we also are building my due date to May. We're building a house, which is supposed to supposed to be done in May. So there's a lot of like up in the air. Well, it's a big Got year. It. That's all up in the air and also awesome. <laughs> that's that's wonderful. Yeah, so I don't I don't know what what will happen. Okay. But Maybe I'll come back on again. Yes, yes. We will leave hey. this. This will be an ellipsis. Yes, this will be absolutely. A, to be continued. And we'll check yeah. back with you and see how all of you are doing and feeling. And I just appreciate you so much, Lily, for sharing your story, for giving us a lot to think about. And, you know, a, a lot of different elements here that I feel like people planning for births right now can take something from. And, and in postpartum, too. You know, like you said, how you've kind of processed and and worked through some things you know there's there's that as well so i'm very grateful for that and um guess we'll guess we'll talk again (laughs) thank you guys so much for having me Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.